Once upon a time, way back when there were only 9,000 Arsenal podcasts, five young men from various backgrounds, an Irish kid with a horrible haircut, a young Jewish nerd who hadn't discovered food yet, a child from Hemel Hempstead who didn't want to be English no more, a handsome advertising magnate with impeccable judgment, and a young Mexican AC Milan fan hatched a plan to take over the world of Arsenal podcasts. But then these boys became men. Jared. Mikey. Ewan. Magic. And Andy. And the rest, my friends, is history. And now, all these years later, you tune in every so often to hear their incredible takes their football knowledge, and their sensual advice. But now, it's gone too far. You, our fans, are at long last witness to season... Seven! 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 Welcome to the Gooners Pod. Hello and welcome to the Gooners Pod. Brentford zero, or as I like to call it, Aston nil. <laughs> Arsenal three. Uh, it's a beautiful Sunday morning here in on the east coast of the United States of America at ten twenty one a.m. Uh, hello to everybody wherever you are, Aston. It's good to see you again, my friend. Good to see you too. Cool, calm, collected Arsenal castrate a, another uh, a Brentford side that's known for its actually free scoring this season. So I am good. Is that your headline? Uh, your headline includes the word castrate. Yeah, 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 yeah. You like that? You like that? Because you know, because yeah. we like chopped off their penises. Yeah, yeah, and their balls. We pretty we much by the balls. Yeah. So, like in the net. This is. This is a post game. Uh, it is open mic. So just uh, if, you, if you happen to be in the chat and you want to have your say, uh, it's an early morning uh, here in the U.S., uh, West Coast especially. It's still 722. People either going back to sleep or still waking up and, and rubbing their eyes. Uh, for some reason, it, it's really early in the U.K., even though it's 3 o'clock. I don't know, you know why no one wakes up until 4 o'clock. But, uh, but hey, uh, if you want to have your say on this game, on this season, on this manager, on this, on any of these players, on you know the, how tight my shirt fits, whatever you want to talk about, uh, this is the open mic show. So just go to gooneropenmic.com, and we will bring you onto the pod if you should show choose. Um, Delicious. And if you can't come on, and for some reason maybe you're you're in the middle of the nowhere with internet, uh, with internet that's not working, make sure you hit at least hit the like button. It really yeah. helps us with the algorithm, and it really helps us get the word out there so we can get more fan involvement. So as as uh, Mike said back on Highbury Squad, stroke it, love it, nut it, whatever you got to do to hit hit that button. Yeah, we need at least five people to hit the like button in order to. Uh, Still qualify as a podcast. So, um, so dude, six out of seven, 18 points, top of La Ligue. Uh, not La Liga, but although we would be top of that as well, uh, top of the league and, um, and, and absolutely cruising. We've just done on, on the Highbury squad a, a player rating situation. But, you know, obviously, I'm going to want to get your feedback. I'm going to want to get anybody in the chat's feedback, uh, either in the chat or on the uh, on Gunnar Open Mic. So, um, you know, real quick before we bring on our uh, our, our first open micer, um, we're going to start backwards today. Who, because I'm curious, who who are you saying is your man of the match today? I mean, there are a hand handful of people that you could name, handful of potentials. Uh, who you, who are you going to go for today? Uh, I I think it's got to be William Saliba. It's hard not to. Yes, we scored. Yes, we uh yes, Gabriel Jesus was absolutely magnanimous today once again as I like to say every week he walks on water. Gabriel Martinelli playing that inverted role more as a more as a second striker than a really a winger today, which is really interesting to see. Bakayo Saka two assists, but it was William Saliba 
who absolutely ensured that we never looked bothered, held possession well, put Ivan Tony in his pocket and scored a goal as well. You love to see it. And he might be the signing of the summer, even though we <laughs> didn't sign him. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible that we, uh, you know, we, we, we signed him when he was like 12 and we're like, you know what, we're going to let him percolate for, you know, eight, nine, 10 years and come back. I mean, that's, that's what it seems like anyway. Um, I, I mean, does it matter to you what now happened over the last three years, whether he was ready, whether he wasn't ready physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically? Um, he's just there now, and he's unfucking believable <laughs> Right? I, this is one of the things that, that gets uh, really hard to parse out, right? First of all, I want a huge shout-out to Mark. See you in chat. Uh, Gooner Works, lovely having you here. TJR, I saw you waiting in the chat. Love having everyone in here. Um, we only live in the world we live in, right? We can't go back and have a time machine or we don't have uh, Reed Richards' ability to look into the multiverse and see the other, uh, the other possibilities, right? So all I can tell you is that what we did worked this time. That's all. I can argue, you can argue maybe we could have done it better, maybe we could have brought him in, but you can argue the other way too. At the end of the day, we only have the results that we see in front of us. And as far as what I see, it seems like we did it right because he's absolutely the player that we need when we need him. Yeah, I mean, I feel like um, I'm a big believer in the whole back to the future time-space continuum thing. Like, like, you can't just go and pluck a different situation, plug it in, and 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 think that everything else would have been the same except for that one thing. Like, like if you... You put William Saliba, you force him into the squad last season, you might get issues in the dressing room. You might get a guy who wasn't quite ready and make some mistakes, and then the fans are getting on his back. And I mean, there's just so many different things that can happen. Uh, just, I mean, let's just enjoy the candy that we have right now. And and he is, he's unbelievable. He is, he is a delicious, delicious chocolate man. Okay, like this beautiful caramel. Oh. Sorry, and football. We're, we're talking about football. Yeah, yes, we, we are talking about football. Um, Sam Richards has uh, uh, decided to uh, to just be a complete tosser today in multiple um, groups. So I just encourage everybody to uh, to just block him in all of his forms. That's all you can do. Um, yeah. So um, we're going to bring in Bill. Uh, you mentioned Gunnar Works. He's in the house today. Uh, he's in a house today, and he's now in our house today. Um, we are, we're three for three, I think on the black, on, on the black kid. Are we not? It looks so, like I, I pushed some units, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah. You, you, um, you, you did, you, you certainly yep. did push some units. I pushed some units yesterday, but that was a whole different story. Uh, Bill, how do you do? And how do you feel about the game today? Really? Because I kind of feel differently. <laughs> no, Bill, Bill, I'm you... doing great. Sorry, I think I might be on a delay. I don't know where my audio is coming from, but yeah, I think I think I think you are on a delay. Bill, give me a one, two, three as soon as you hear this. Yeah. yeah uh, sorry. Let me see if I can fix this. Uh... Top top programming right here bill we're gonna we're gonna we're, there we're, we are sorry all right you, you hearing us now yeah yeah i'm good now perfect. okay perfect perfect so um so we we've st we're starting where we normally finish which is man of the match because i'm curious as to um you know to how the thinking is because i mean i i could name three different people as man of the match today but uh so far we've got saliba for us and who are you thinking uh, yeah, that's such a good question because, I mean, obviously when you go up 3-0, I mean, the goal scorers are the obvious ones to go for. But I, I think, uh, yeah, it, I think the with the way we, uh, it, with the way we performed today, uh, I, I think he was all over the pitch. I got to give a shout out to Granite Jacka. I mean, it, that assist to Jesus was just a thing of beauty uh i mean i think yeah he he's just become a whole different player even from last season 
Uh, and I think, yeah, it's just it, to see the way he's performing now. Uh, I Like you said, there could be, you know, 11 men of the match today, but uh, yeah, I got to give a shout out to Granite Jacka. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's my man of the match as well. And, and um, you know, I, I, if you weren't on the hybrid squad, you didn't hear this uh, from me, but I, I have to say um, I have come from being ambivalent on his play on the pitch. I mean, when, when I've been critical of Granite Jacka, I have specifically said that it wasn't because of his play on the pitch. I, you know, I, I, you, you could certainly discuss that. You could certainly uh, talk about his rashness, his judgment, his passing, his, you know, but I think he's, I, I think it's become clear that with better players around him that kind of reduce the ridiculous level of responsibility that he has, it's impossible to, to not notice the, the way that he's playing on the pitch. Yeah. And I mean, that's a big compliment to our defense because it, now that we have that uh, solidity in defense, now that we have that solidity at the base of the attack or in the base of the midfield with Partey and even El Nene and uh, Sambi at times, it's allowed him to just push forward a lot more uh, and not have that defensive responsibility that we've all, you know, come to hate uh, when he, uh, has to have that uh, those moments every every season you know those one or two red cards because he's chasing back and has to make that foul yeah i mean it, and, I'm and, say, uh, i want to say that i you listen you've brought me on this show many a time and i have absolutely ripped into granite jaca but can i just say let us all celebrate the death of Granit Xhaka, the center defensive mid, and the birth of penalty box poacher Granite Xhaka. My word is the change in position done just a worlds of difference for him. The amount of entries he has into the box, the amount of touches he has in the box, the uh, the box to box nature of his boxing. I, it's just a, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing to watch and long may it continue. Yeah, I mean it's it's he's um he he's playing freer and he's even I mean there there's a, a post on the uh, uh on Twitter after the game it's it's almost as like he finally said, okay, I'm gonna stop fighting this reputation that I have and just try to change it on the pitch and off the pitch. Um, so look, I mean, I it, it we could see this completely whip around again and go the opposite direction um, later this season or the or next season. But I, I'm enjoying it. I feel totally totally comfortable in this midfield now between the two of them as long as uh they're not exposed from the players behind or you know and 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 Zinchenko I think has been a huge help to Xhaka but even with Zinchenko missing over a couple of couple of situations this season you've still seen that same that same capability from Xhaka so um what I love is all three midfielders today have their own personal journeys and their own stories that make them capture the um, headlines for differing reasons. Um, Bill, I want to ask you, Fabio Vieira came in for Odegaard today, right? I think that when we all saw Odegaard was injured, all, all of us gasped a little. But then Fabio um, Vieira came in and did what he did today. Let me know your thoughts on him. Honestly, yeah, I was a bit surprised when I saw that Odegaard wasn't uh, in the squad today because uh, yeah, I hadn't heard anything about that, you know, prior to this morning uh, as I rolled out of bed to stumble down to the TV. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, I, it, and once you heard the news that Odegaard's out, you know that Fabio Vieira is going to be the one uh, to come in. And it, I, just had to give uh, Edu and Arteta the uh, the credit and just it, or give them a put a little faith in them that they've seen this guy. They know he's the right guy for the position, and I think today he paid off that faith. Like he he played extremely well. He did not look like uh, getting bullied off the ball. I saw a few challenges that he went into and. Uh, 
one back possession. Uh, his distribution has been great. Uh, he really looks like he could be plug and play in that position as well as on that right side. I saw a ton of times today where either because Saka had tracked back on defense or they were just switching around in that uh, attack that he was out on that right side and doing a great job with that as well. So uh, you see that versatility and the quality that we brought in and he's looking every bit worth that uh, 30 million pounds that we paid for him. Yeah, I mean, that could end up being a huge bargain. And and with all the games that we have this season, there'll be plenty of opportunity for him to play, even when it's not because of an injury. I mean, he he's kind of our third choice, number 10, if you want to call it that. Um, some would argue maybe second right now, but but depending on what you think of, of, of ESR. But ESR is going to kind of be an up and down all season, it seems, with this injury situation. So it's just really whether they saw that coming or whether it's just a stroke of luck that they kind of went for extra depth in that position. I think it was a brilliant move this summer. And, and, you know, if there are other areas on the pitch that were a little short, um, that is certainly not one of them. Absolutely. Uh, Listen, ESR, ESR is having some growing pains because after scoring so many goals last season, everything's, everything's sizing up downstairs. You know what I mean? But Bill, you hit on something there. And I think Mike, you hit on it too, where Fabio Vieira sometimes plays at the right wing. I saw him actually pop up in Jaka's position a couple of times. I've seen Martinelli and Gabrielle switch. I saw Martinelli play a lot through the center today. This Arteta, this Arteta ball thing has a lot of players moving and and more fluidly through those front positions. Is Arteta ball the the solution? Are we excited? Do we like what we're seeing when we say the words Arteta ball now? I mean, yeah, I I'm really loving this uh, style of play. I, over the past couple seasons, it, you've seen that progression towards w- what Arteta's vision actually is. I mean. When he first came in, you know, he's working with the pieces he's got. He's playing a pragmatic style, um, and it got results. Uh, but I'm really enjoying this uh, th- this new style of play as a counter to, you know, the uh, boys across town where they're just sitting back, soaking up pressure, hitting on the counter. That it It's just so... It sounds so boring to watch. I say sounds because I'm not going to watch it, but <laughs> uh, I'm just loving this. It, even in games where now it's a little tighter. Uh, I mean, we go back to the Man U game. Uh, it was still fun to watch us play. We were dominating possession. We were, you know, getting chances. We obviously weren't as clinical, but. Uh, it's still fun to watch and that's, you know, for most of us, this is a hobby. So, you know, why would you want to watch something that you think is just boring to, uh, to see when, when we've, when we've been losing, it's, we're dire when we're winning or, or, or getting, you know, good draws, uh, which I don't know. We've had a ton of those in the last couple of years, but it's been all the football's disgusting to watch. Is it possible that that there? I mean, there was a formula, and, and whether this is a positive or a negative to Arteta, he stayed with that formula even though he didn't have the pieces. And this is kind of an age-old debate: like, do you do you try to coach the team you have to perform at their best, and maybe come off of your strategies your goals your system your process whatever it is or do you coach to the coach to the way you want your team to play and just see mistakes made and see outcomes not go the way you want them to because you don't necessarily have the team as drilled in it as used to playing it or all of the pieces on the team. I mean, is it possible that some of those poor performances in the last two years were just down to the fact that Arteta's system was right, but he didn't have the right players, and he refused to tailor and refused to come off of his system just for short-term results? 
I actually, I actually disagree with that point. Um, I think that when Arteta first came in in that in that Chelsea game that he won, I think there we saw the, in the emergence of ESR, and we had that brilliant like, oh, this is going to be a revolution because he was playing that really progressive four three three. But almost immediately he reverted back to that back three, and we really grinded out results to get that FA Cup win. Right, like that went over City, that went over Liverpool, that went over Chelsea. All of those were very pragmatic defend first um hit them on the counter um and i think that was an admission because i think that he came in and he wanted to play that very progressive style of play but realized like i don't have the pieces i don't have the i don't have the ability to do that it's only once we got the uh the it's we only started playing for the back honestly last year and and really that's because we've got the additions of Ramsdale, Tomiyasu, Ben White, um, to be able to play out of the back the way that we want to be able to play and maintain possession. You're seeing that now again with Saliba, by the way. It is so obvious that he's the missing piece because when we're sitting there um, out of possession, um, in possession, and they nicked the ball from us. And they, we, we, how many years have we been claimed to be naive or, or mentally or, or mentally or physically not up to the task? Because all it takes is one ball over the top and we're absolutely exposed. And I love seeing William Saliba hold that possession for us. But yeah, I think that he's waited until he's had the right pieces. Maybe last year, maybe Ben White isn't as good in that position at maintaining possession as William Saliba. Maybe we can make that argument. But I think overall, he's been pretty adaptive. My, my opinion, though. I mean, I kind of, and, and, and Bill, I want to get your feedback on this, but I kind of feel like, all right, so the the maths that you would take in in your senior year of high school here over in the U.S., which I guess is is probably more equivalent to like sixth form uh, in British schooling, but like it, it calculus or trigonometry or something like that, and I kind of feel like Arteta was teaching trigonometry and calculus to ninth graders to to fourteen year olds. And, you know, a year or two before they, their brains and their experience with math would or uh, would really have caught up to it. I mean, maybe that's not the right analogy, but it does, it does. I do think that he probably forced his system on players that weren't capable of playing it. And it gave the look of um, what is this guy doing? Um, and, and I'm not claiming that's the right thing to do either uh, because you need a lot of patience and support from your, from the people above you in order to be able to get away with that for a year or two. And we all know that Arteta has been given that patience, whether you like it or not. So, you know, seeing it kind of round into form and seeing these players kind of play a style that they were being taught and maybe weren't capable of playing as a, as a unit um, is, is I think what's been the most refreshing thing about this year. But um so Aston and I disagree about this. Bill, you're going to have to decide. Oh, a lot of pressure. And, and uh, the loser gets kicked off the podcast forever. Yeah, there can oh. be only one. Yeah, there can only be one. <laughs> well, so Aston's wrong. I'm right, but you have to figure. You have to. You have to. You have to decide. You know who's staying on. So <laughs> I think I don't think we've seen Arteta try and implement this his vision that we're seeing right now until last year i think once he had those uh six or so players in there that's when we really started to see him try and we were succeeding at some points and failing at others uh i i do remember the those games that aston's mentioning uh two seasons ago where you know we've got the three at the back we're just trying to be really pragmatic and uh I think that was one thing that we saw when he first came in was uh, trying to shore up that defense, just be really pragmatic and uh, make sure that, you know, we're not conceding as many goals as we had been, Uh, you know, uh, but yeah, I, I really think he was trying this season or this past season uh, to get that implemented. We saw a lot more of like a four, four, two, three, one, uh, with two holding uh, midfielders, but uh, oh, the deciding vote. 
The, the, uh, well, the, you know what? You don't, you don't need to say it. This, this is what I'm hearing right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I've never claimed to be tactically sharp, so uh, I, I don't claim I, to be I, either. I want that to be the explanation because because I want I want it to basically be coming to fruition now, and and uh, like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because again, looking back, ultimately, you know, it's it's for uh, it's for losers. And I mean, it could be that he's adjusted his system over time, and that would show a real maturity uh, as a manager, especially for such a young manager. Uh, so if if that is the case, that he's been adjusting his system as we go, then you got to give him props for that. Uh, but I, I do see now, I, I think we are really set in place to play the the kind of football that we want to play. Uh, so I don't see that being sacrificed. Even now, when we have injuries, say, to like Zinchenko, we still see Tierney trying to play that tucked-in role, uh, even though his tendency is to want to go down that uh, left flank. Or even we're so positionally fluid that, you know, sometimes Jacka will tuck into that uh, role that Zinchenko would have uh, but we are playing a system now, no matter what pieces you plug and play in there. And it's really fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, no one can say anymore that I don't really understand what this team is trying to do, uh, whether we do it every time or not, whether we make mistakes like we saw against United. Um, you know, that's a different story. And over the course of a 38 game Premier League season, you're going to see that every once in a while. So, uh, you know, we're now just a, just under a fifth of the way through the season and there's been one game where we have dominated but not won the other games we've dominated and won so uh so so be good uh Aston, what are you what are you smiling about to not just make your comments in chat, but make your comments to us. Gooner Open, uh, the, the Gooner's Pod is the only place that will allow people from all over the world to weigh in on me and Mike's petty disputes. We'll actually be okay. keeping track so that by the end of the year, we'll have like a league of like who was more right, Aston or Mike. And I hate fantasy Premier League, but I love fantasy Aston Mike. <laughs> where, where you start your own team of all of either 11 Mikes or 11 Astons. Um, and, um, and, and, and do it. So, um, no, I don't know if I could, I don't, I think 11 mics might beat 11 Aston's just because I think I'd be so pure happy. size. <laughs> um, listen, listen, um, by the way, again, don't forget it's gooneropenmic.com. Please join us. We've got plenty of people to, uh, we've got plenty of space and plenty of time to talk. Bill, we were talking about the the evolution of the team and, and the way that we currently play in Arteta Ball. Thomas Partey came in today, and I think it is so obvious the difference when he plays. Um, I think what happened a lot uh, was that uh, he was so press resistant that they ended up giving up the press. Like, if you, if you notice by the middle of the game, he just could kind of stand there on the ball in their half. And they're just like, all right, we, you know, pushing him, pressing him is actually detrimental to our game and our chances of not conceding. Is Thomas Partey our most irreplaceable player? For what he does, I would say probably, uh, I think there are ways that we work around it. Say when we have an El Nene, uh, maybe we don't play through the center quite as much. Maybe he, it, or at least not as directly. Uh, I think Samby's doing an all right job of it. it he's a little more press resistant, or it, he can at least uh, distribute a lot better uh, and a lot more quickly uh, than we see with El Nene. But uh, I think yeah, we just don't get that whole package, uh, especially with the defensive uh, stability that he kind of provides. You definitely don't see that as much with Sambi, uh, and you don't see that distribution uh, with El Nenny. So, it, you know, if you could, you know, get a nice little hybrid of uh, the two of our backups for Part A, then maybe you'd have a, a, a great uh, 
you know, competition for him. But yeah, at, at this moment, it does seem like we lose the most uh, with our backups uh, when Parde's out as opposed to any other position. I mean, we saw what happens when you replace Odegaard with Vieira. We seem to be working just fine with that. Uh, and out on the wings, we have plenty of that cover as well. But yeah, I think we definitely have the steepest drop-off in that uh, central defensive mid position. Am I the only one that sees that um, Sambi Lakonga, great, I'm not trying to dig at Sambi Lakonga, he's a little he's a little skinny, right? Doesn't he seem a little small in frame, like a smaller in frame than the other two? I, I, I wonder if that gets into why sometimes it feels like he he has a little bit less control because his presence isn't as big. And I wonder if just a couple of years of of maybe bulking up might he might be able to be more suited to that position. What do you think? I mean, even if you look at Partey sometimes, he he's not, you know, this big hulking guy. He's still slim. I don't think it's necessarily that that uh, doesn't really give him that, at least in defense, um, it, it's more his positional, uh, awareness that we see lacking compared to, uh, the others. He, he seems to switch off, uh, at some points, uh, and he's not in the right position when that transition happens, uh, to really cut out the, uh, counter press or anything like that. Uh, I mean, we've seen some very, very, uh, you know, either short or uh, not as stocky players still be able to bully people off the ball. I, I mean, look no further than our number nine. Uh, you wouldn't consider him one to really be going toe to toe with, you know, six foot three uh, central defenders. But here you have it. I like Lucas. Ter- I mean, again, you know, we all know what happened with Lucas Torreira, but I mean, that guy was a was a little terrier. I mean, but you either kind of have to be a terrier or a Hulk uh, or a, or a destroyer though. You can't, it's that, it's that tweener thing that, that, you know, where you're in between and not really either of the two uh, that, that can get you caught. Um, one other area that I want to talk about and, uh, and I'm probably going to cut this short cause I'm, I'm starting to fade a little bit with the, I've been up since 1am. Um, the, uh, the right back position, is Ben White's at this point. I mean, it's crazy, but it just, it's it, like at the beginning of the season, it was like, okay, well, as opposed to Cedric, Ben White will probably be used in right back because Tomiyasu is not healthy. Well, Tomiyasu is by all accounts healthy now. And he ain't getting a sniff at the starting 11, you know, when there's one game a week. I mean, I, I you could do a lot worse than have Tomiyasu starting Europa League games. Uh, but, I mean, that's a situation where we went from like Bellerin, Cedric, uh, Mainsley, if we could get him to agree to play there. And now all of a sudden, Ben White has just taken that position over and not done a thing wrong. Uh, I mean, are you are you comfortable with I mean, Ben White and right back and, and with Tomiyasu not really being able to get that start in Premier League games? I mean, this is kind of consistent with what we've seen from Arteta in the past. If you are, no matter who was the original starter, if you come in and you play well, you're just, you're going to stick in that team. Uh, And yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable with it. I mean, I think we'll see this October uh, how much rotation we're really going to get with these because the games are coming thick and fast. We got nine games in October and a few more in uh, November before we uh, take a break for the World Cup. I think that's when we'll see a lot of the rotation and we'll really see how stuck into that position Ben White really is. Uh, but I, I mean, you want to talk about not losing anything uh, when we bring on someone from the bench like you said, you could do way worse than our set in stones starter in that right back position from last year. And now, yeah, we've got two phenomenal talents, although you wouldn't know it the way Southgate uh, picks his teams. 
<laughs> you know what? And and this is the thing. Like, first of all, I know that that's going to roll right off Ben White's back because Ben White seems like the chillest dude, especially from watching the um all the the all or nothing. I think we get a vibe for how Ben Ben White operates. Listen, I think if anything, Ben White keeping his position encourages Tamiyasu. The reason for that is everybody knows that if you're playing right, this is the same thing with Tavares last year. If you're doing well, those moments you are doing well, you will keep your spot. The moment you're not doing well, guess what? Tommy Asu knows that if he comes in and he does well, that spot's his for as long as that run will last. And that'll give you a, a lot of confidence. Listen, before we kind of wrap up, I do want to think that we need to hit just one more topic. And that is Ivan Tomey. Okay, listen, the disrespect from last year is real. And I think that with all the animosity between the two teams, how wonderful is it that Brentford would help us with training exercises today? You know, nice kickabout with the boys today. Absolutely. I think it was a Gabriel uh, that, that tweeted that after the game. And I mean, the... I don't care how long ago it was. I don't care if we're still getting back at something that was said 13 years ago by somebody. Um, it's it's fantastic. I love it. Um, and uh, I mean, the, other than like one free kick, and we know that he can he can work magic with free kicks uh, that that curled above the bar by maybe a foot or two. Did he play? I, I think that they were basically using him as like a, um, you, you know, when you're running and you're sprinting and they sometimes have like a pace thing next to you. So you have a visual of like what your pace is. That was what he was for Saliba because Saliba just is like, oh, oh, he's behind me. Same thing with Gabrielle, by the way, like Gabrielle, I know he doesn't get a lot of the plaudits for Saliba because Saliba actually acts more of a central mid defender or whatever. But Gabrielle had him in his pocket, too. I don't think there was a moment. that I don't think there was a single ball that came into the box that they didn't win, bar the one header, right? Yeah, I was really, the, the whole game, the, the lead up to it, we were hearing Ivan Tony, Ivan Tony. He's riding on a high, and, you know, he just got his call up to uh, the England squad, and... I was looking around the field the the whole game trying to figure out where he was. Like I just could not find him on the ball. Uh, he wasn't terrorizing our defenders at all. And yeah, other than that one free kick, which I got to give him credit, that was some that that was an interesting technique. And if that had gone in, that would be a very sweet goal. But other than that, just nothing he was doing nothing today and yeah a nice kick around with the boys i I love the salt it's great well here and 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 we are gonna we're gonna we're gonna do one more thing before we head off because uh, a very good friend of the pod very good friend of ours uh kevin uh Dempsek is on or, or he goes by Dempsek, uh is in the chat and he's made some really really good uh comments in the chat which I would love to hear more about with regards to the Ben White Tomiyasu thing. Uh, Kevin, welcome back. Hey to guys. The pod. Take care. Uh, or take care. Uh, good to see you again, mate. How you feeling? <laughs> take care. It was great. It was great to see you. Thanks for coming. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, always good to see. Uh, just about to see me with the light behind me. Yeah, always good to see you, uh, Kevin. And um, and you know, you made a comment in the chat which I didn't really think that much about until you said it, which is that the difference in Ben White and Tomiyasu might have, in your opinion, an impact on how Bakaya Saka's game has gone this year. So yep. expand on that a little bit uh, for dummies like me who, you know, who right. so wouldn't have necessarily thought about that. You saw a massive link up between Saka and Tomiyasu. If you go back to not the Man U game, the game before, everybody was purring about the pass from Saka over to Martinelli for Martinelli's goal. What they hadn't seen was the link-up play between Tommy Asu and Saka before it to create that opening for Saka to cut across. You don't get that with White. And when Tommy Asu's playing behind Saka, Saka doesn't have to work so defensively. 
he can be more attack-minded because he knows Tommy Asu's more defensively minded. Yeah, you don't and necessarily think, see Tommy Asu making the overlapping runs the way that Ben White does, right? No, no, but he does. Towards the end of the season, he was still overlapping, right? And you see Tommy Asu cutting in. But I think Tommy Asu as a natural right back is more defensively aware than White is, who's still effectively learning the position. That frees Saka up. Saka hasn't got to keep looking back, running back. Because if you watch the first 10 minutes of the game, who what wing did Brentford target? They targeted White and Saliba. Hmm. Which is why I was thinking that, that Tierney, I mean, I didn't really notice Tierney that much because they weren't going down that side. He had a solid no. game. But uh, but there was certainly the other yep. side that they were targeting. And they kept going down that side to try and expose Saliba as a new player and Wyatt playing out of position. So what that did, that forced Saka to defend more. Mm-hmm. So they didn't so they didn't have to worry about Saka so much. They sort of took Saka out of the game, not by going straight at him. Whereas I feel if you've got Tommy Asu there, teams have got to think about Saka. So, so and what not I, target white. What I think plus, that, where I think that what you're saying is absolutely true. Don't you think that it's a a bit of the? I think it's not necessarily that Ben White is less or more defensive. It's that he plays more in the central areas, whereas yeah. Miyasu is more on the outside. When they go on the outside of us, he stops that threat more directly. He does, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does, and the other. And the other thing Tommy Asu does is he strengthens the defence up headers wise. You listen to the Arsenal defenders say, who's heads on the ball first? Normally it's Tommy Asu. He's got the <laughs> ball. But we're missing something else as well. You bring you bring White to where Saliba's playing, and I'm not saying Saliba's not great because he's fantastic. What does White do in that position with Gabby next to him? He drives into midfield. So we end up with an extra midfielder. So now the opposition have not only got Saka to think about, they've got White marauding with Partey possibly sitting a bit deeper into midfield, like Zinchenko was doing on the opposite side, mm. which enables Xhaka to free up. You know, that's the big difference, I think, between KT and Zinchenko. Zinchenko knows how to play in midfield. He cuts in. that, And you can actually not... You don't miss Partey so much. When Zinchenko's there, because he releases Xhaka, because Xhaka needs a player behind him yeah. to mop up. Then you get the best out of Xhaka, which is what we're seeing. Um, well, controversially, it, go on. Sorry, I'm just gonna say it's 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 fascinating in that you know we, these are these are two different looks that we have. I mean, if it, we don't need a situation where every single game we have to pick the right you know, the same formation, we have to say, well, Tomiyasu is better than, than Ben White at right back no. because of this, that, or the other. It can be situational. It can be tactical against the, the type of opponent yeah. that we're playing. And, you know, I guess we'll see as the season progresses, especially with the fixture congestion, October is going to be fascinating with Ben White and Tomiyasu. And then there'll be other areas as well where we see, you know, some of that go on. But, uh, I mean, w- if they're both healthy, what a luxury to not even have to see Cedric. I mean, we have 15-year-olds on the bench instead of Cedric now. And I'm and I, and I'm and, and while that might be seen as a weakness, I don't necessarily look at it that way. As long as we've got uh Tommy Asu and 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 Ben White somehow involved in the game together. Well, Cedric is surplus, isn't he? Now Cedric you'd, you'd, you'd think on a, on, a, on an 18 person uh roster or 21 person field player roster to have any surplus players at this point is kind of silly, but I I you know, we finally seen, we finally saw William become surplus. We finally seen Cedric become surplus. These are moves in the right direction as far as I'm concerned. I mean, the other pairing I'd like to see is White and Saliba. Um, I'm not sure if Rob White can play where Gabby plays. Um, that pairing, because Saliba's really good at holding back. He got a bit cocky today and nearly lost the ball a few times, um, as to Jesus earlier. Um, to see that pairing. So then you can see a flexibility in that black li- back line because we've got Holding who, well, he's hardly ever, hopefully hardly ever going to play. Um, so Tommy can play in the back centre-back as well. 
Yeah, and that's just, a... you know, Tommy can play left back, you know. You know what's really underrated about Tommy, too? We always talk about his head and his defensive ability, but what people don't talk about is that him playing left back is because he's actually our most two-footed defender. Like, hands down, he uses his left foot far more than his, – his weaker foot far more than any of our other players. I think only Bakayo Saka um, uses his weak foot more in, like, the team. Interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think we're all clamoring to see that uh, center back pairing of White Saliba, uh, and yeah, it, to play on what Mike was saying, it, it we are in such a good spot right now. What a luxury to be able to, you know, be able to move around all of these different players. Uh, it like you would have to have like four or five injuries to our back line for us to even start dipping into, you know, the Cedrics and the holdings at this point, because we can move around all these different players. Like you said, hopefully Rob Holding should never be playing uh, anything other than, you know, early round cup games uh, or group stage games, because we have, you know, center right backs who can play center back. We have, all these different players who can cover that center back position. We have, you know, plenty of cover on left back and right back. Uh, so if there's uh, similarly, or I guess counter to what I was saying with the drop off uh, with Partey, uh, there's absolutely no drop off and you don't worry as much about injuries to our back line. So, so we're about to wrap up here. So I want to kind of put it to, to everyone since we have, I want you guys to respond in chat. We have two, we have two diehard fans here that are out, out, outside of us, the, um, the host here. And I really need to know, we're talking about all the different tools that we have tactically. We're talking about great man management from Arteta. We're talking about talented players. Are Arsenal good yet? Are, do When do we get to have that conversation about, do we get to say that we're competing yet? We're good, but we're, I mean, but, but we're when not. They're that, we're, when they're down. Sorry, Mike. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, I we, 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 we're saying the same thing. I mean, I, I, I think we're good now. I think we're, we're different than in years past. I think in, in ways that will show mostly against lower level opponents in that we can actually get our jobs done now. Um, and, and that's how you get back in the champions league is you just, you beat the teams below you, forget the teams above you. Don't forget them as though they don't matter, but I'm saying from a result standpoint, you don't need to beat those teams in order to get to the top four. We've finished sixth and eighth and fifth and sixth and all that, because we haven't been able to finish our dinner against, uh, you know, the Southamptons of the world. And that is, I think where you can say, you know what, now we're we're good because I think we're 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 not going to be blowing points and, and dropping points against these teams. Um, we're still far from great, but greats in the greats in the sights now, though. You you can kind of see how we could become great, and uh, and and I think that's been that's been missing for fourteen to to fifteen or however long uh, Ethan's been alive. That's how that's how long that's been missing. And one of those things that, you know, great teams do is they bounce back from wins. And we didn't do that last season. We did it this season. We lost one. We came right back. Beat Brentford 3-0. That's what you want to see. Yeah. So all you can do is, is you know, with, with four weeks in between the United and the, and the Spurs game, with one Premier League game to play, you definitely want to show up for it. And they definitely showed up for it. Kevin, you got the last word today. Two, we killed off two things. The early kickoff curse, allegedly. Yeah, know, that's right. As an early kickoff, right? And that we can't br beat Brentford away early on in the season. Not that we haven't, we've got a full team this time and that we beat them with a full team at home. I mean, how, how long that, was that, that curse? Story, it was like, like we lost one of the last one times that we played them early in the season. <laughs> but it either came up before this game or they lost this fixture last season. Well, half the team was ravaged with COVID. We were forced to play. Yeah. Other teams got a bye last season. You know, you can move your game to, no, Arsenal, you've got to play. 
And it's, you know, I just feel like that's been taken off our shoulders a bit, you know, and we're above Tottenham. So, and, and, we're going to need to get a result against them in two weeks to remain that way. So, uh, so, so long may this continue. Um, thank you to, uh, to Bill, to Kevin. Uh, it's great to see you, Kevin. Hope you're doing well. Uh, sorry, we missed each other when I was in Manchester. Um, and, uh, Colin, uh, who was going to join, uh, a bit late. We, I, I've just run out of steam, so I'm sorry, Colin, we'll have you on. If all, if all's good, I'm seeing you two guys at Gunagra. Oh, I, I, I can't wait for that. Um, the, the amount of people from across the pond that I've heard that are planning on coming to Gunagra this year uh, in early February in New Orleans is, is, is out of sight. So I'm hoping that becomes a reality. Um, and, uh, and, and LA beforehand and then over to Gunagra. Well, and Kevin, I, I, I am strongly feeling that all will be good. Uh, and you and I both know what that means. So, um, so, so keep up the good work, stay healthy. Both of you, Aston, uh, good to see you again after, a, a, another win. Um, uh, hopefully we'll be on air at some point this week. Life is getting a little bit crazy with my re-entry back into normal life after three weeks of traveling. But, uh, but between the six of us, we should be able to come up with some content this week. Right. I mean, somehow, maybe. I've, I've, I've added like 4,000 people to the podcast and, uh, and, and so maybe we could do, and next week, or, uh, I should say for the Derby, um, I will be visiting my son for father, for parents weekend. But, uh, again, with, with five other people available, we should hopefully be able to do a post, uh, a post-match pod. And, uh, so stay tuned to the Gunners podcast Super for more. Kev should be happy. Everton have just beaten West Ham 1-0. Yeah, that's right. Uh, even even with it, uh, the goal, be- who was it, Mape that scored? That, that, that yeah. jackass, but uh, then kicked the corner flag out of its moorings. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that's that's a good result for them. I'll have to condole, condole, console my West Ham mate now on that, but uh, as they're still in the bottom three. But in any case, great result. Au revoir. Au revoir to all of you, and we uh, will finish with the uh, with the new improved Gunners podcast outro which goes a little bit like this. Watching the Gooners Podcast, a production of TGP Media, a wholly owned subsidiary of Wanker Broadcasting Company Limited PLC. All rights and likenesses, except for Owens, are available for purchase and distribution according to the historical tenets of bird law. Make sure to check out the Gooners podcast at Patreon at patreon.com forward slash TGP. Find Gooners V Cancer at GoonersVCancer.com. And don't forget, get them credit cards out. The Gooners podcast has been brought to you thanks to a generous investment from Elon Musk, as well as the letter G and the number 69. Remember, Gooner family, that Tottenham get better everywhere they go. TGP.